Hey everybody, I'm Rob McMichael, along with Tim Whitaker and Jordan Renault. This is our podcast, Coffee, Theology, and Jesus. Our purpose for this podcast is to discuss this messy, difficult, and amazing thing we call the Christian faith. As Christians, we are encouraged and challenged constantly to see what the Bible teaches us about who Jesus was and how he lived, and how we can better represent him and his message every day. Join us each episode as we explore how this relationship with Jesus affects everything from politics and religion to relationships and theology. Now that you know a little bit more about us, let's get into the episode for this week. This is episode number 41, and all the hosts are back to discuss the changing views of a Christian. Really, this episode is Jordan and myself grilling Tim for being so adamant in the past about how the worship gathering on Sunday morning has become too showy, but now he is a part of that very same thing. This leads us into discussing worship, the local church, maturing as a believer, and so much more. This will be a two-part episode, so let's join the first half of the discussion this week. Welcome, everyone, to the Coffee, Theology, and Jesus podcast. I am your host, Tim Whitaker, joined here by my co-hosts, Rob and Jordan. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. It's good to see you on a screen miles away. (laughs) All the miles. All the miles. It's also good to talk to you because we never talk unless we're podcasting. That is true. Or or insert same joke I made the first time we recorded this. (laughs) Which was? Oh, when the Babylon Bee has a sweet new article. Yes. That's what keeps us together. Thank you, Babylon Bee, for keeping our friendship intact. Don't worry, Jordan. It was funny the second time, too. Thank you. Thank you. Well, our, listen- rehearsed, but, our uh, listeners, you know, they haven't heard it. So for them, it's hilarious. They're probably rolling on the floor. R-O-F-L. I bet, honestly, I bet that term is probably outdated. I bet if I told a 14-year-old that, they'd be like, what are you talking about? And I'd be like, oh, told, it's just old school internet slang. I told a coworker, said so, I said something about Facebook, and they were like, what? You're still on Facebook? Totally true. <laughs> I was working with a girl tonight who was like, uh, it was her and her mom. She had to be like 15, does not use Facebook. Not a thing. Nope. No, generation there. MySpace and Zanga. That's it. Our kids will never know the struggle of having to find mp3s that would work on your myspace account and play automatically or on zanga where you had to find html code and actually paste it into like the background part of the website they they don't know the struggle nope but i saw i saw tom the creator of myspace roast some kid that was just like oh you could be like tom and your your website could be defunct after five years and he's like Actually, when I was 25, I sold that company for $540 million, and you're still living in your parents' basement. (laughs) (laughs) It's accurate. It is is funny because I think we were the first generation to really have like um, real internet-based technology, so it's kind of weird that now the generation behind us, all they know is internet-based technology, and we're becoming more and more outdated, which is a very weird thing to think about, but... I'm not, you know, I use Facebook and I use Instagram. I don't use Snapchat. I don't use Twitter. I don't yeah. use whatever else is new that, 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 that these 10-year-olds use. I don't use any of it. And guess what? I don't want to use any of it. That's how I know I'm old. <laughs> it's not like I'm, I don't, I don't even feel like I'm missing out. Like the cranky old grandpa. I am the guy from Up. I'm, I'm like one year away. 
Oh, it, it's Break out the sweater true. vests. Listen, I'm close to it. I'm telling you. But anyway, I don't yeah. know what that makes. I don't know what that makes me because I'm just about to have my third kid. Um, it makes you ancient, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm even finding myself. Okay, so now that I just turned thirty, I find myself more and more identifying with the adults with their children, not with the children. I'm like, yeah, your mom's totally right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Or like I find like teenagers coming in who are like 18, 19, and I'm like, you know, trying to crack jokes and they're just not having it. And I'm like, that's because they see me as some old person. No lie, this is a true story. I'm working on a kid's phone a couple months ago, and you know, obviously I work for Apple, so I'm working on his phone and I'm asking him what's wrong with his phone. He's saying his battery's draining. I said, okay. I said, well, what kind of apps do you use? He goes, well, I use this um, app Snapchat. Have you ever, ever heard of it before? I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yes, child. I've heard of Snapchat. It used to be around when I was like, a kid. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I what's that? Sna- Snapcat? Snapcat? Is it an animal thing? <laughs> but anyway, that's how I knew. I'm like, you know what? Even though I feel like I'm perceived as young and hip, the truth is, I'm not anymore. Kids don't think I'm funny. I'm relevant. I'm current. I'm just outdated and old. How does that make you feel? Depressed. Depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. It's just how life goes, you know? One day, those kids will be where I'm at. It's true. Podcasting and complaining about it. Yeah, complaining about all, <laughs> all their kids and their hover cars and their... I don't know. Yeah, whatever else. How is why is that the default thing that's like whenever you think about future technology, it's like flying cars? <laughs> because we want them. I want a flying it's car. It's never going to happen. And we could. I don't know. Yeah. We, just, we grew up on the Jetsons. That's why. That's true. It's probably it's just, just it's probably just our version of the future. Rob just dated himself. Yeah. The, yeah. the Watsons? The what? What? I've heard of Watson from IBM, but the Jetsons? <laughs> Yeah, or the Flintstones. Oh my gosh, we're so old. We just lost half our audience. Our audience is listening, and they just tuned us all out. I don't out. think our audience was that young to begin with. All five <laughs> no. of them. Let's see. My mom listens. She's pretty old. A couple of friends of mine listen. Now that you've called, well, she's yeah. We just her. lost her. Yeah, now, <laughs> I'm screwed. I can't win tonight. Mm. Let's see how many we can lose tonight. <laughs> yeah, good point. I'll just start dropping f bombs. Fun, free. <laughs> Fancy oh f bombs. Um, all right, that's enough. All right, all right, I'm done. I'm done. Jordan, listen, I know that you've been traveling the country for a long time, uh, and I don't know where you're living. Last time we talked, you were in Seattle, but mm-hmm. where are you now? Um, we have made it safe and sound to Lexington, Kentucky, and that is where we're living. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Welcome to the South, Mama. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. Mm, that's two. That's two of you. The South has, has gotten you. Well, we're all in the same time zone now. So. Mm. Honestly, that's convenient because, yeah. yeah. I yeah. felt bad texting you at 9 a.m. and realizing, oh, it's 6 o'clock in the morning over there. <laughs> My bad. I did wake up to text from you guys several times, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we spent two weeks. Uh, driving across the country, we went all the way down to San Diego, saw some friends, um, and then, yeah, drove across the rest of the country, and we've been here for like three weeks now. We uh, Our car broke down, funny story. 
we drove, this trip was like 65 hours of driving over the course of like two weeks. And our car breaks down 30 minutes from Lexington. (laughs) (laughs) Engine shot. (laughs) Really? The Versa? Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, our Subaru Forester. Really? Yeah, that we got like two years ago. Um, It quite possibly can be fixed. We're not 100% sure yet, but um, we ended up leasing a new car, so. So you're still at Starbucks over there then? You just transferred? Yes, I transferred. So I'm a shift here and uh, still working towards getting promoted to ASM or store manager. Now, do so. you have your own like apartment and stuff? Or are you staying with your uh, your brother? Not yet. We're still staying with my brother and his wife. Yeah. Nice. Oh, very cool. Well, are you? is that yep. your new permanent location? Yeah, for now. We uh, wanted to be closer to family, and we're only like a day away from Jersey now. So Thank heavens. Yay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you well, might, you might see more of us. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be wonderful, because seeing you on a little Skype screen is, I'm not getting the full picture of Jordan. Don't worry, though. He won't come visit you. Yeah. Wow. That's hurtful. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> I like Kentucky. I visited with you a couple of years ago. Which is probably yeah, closer to, to 10 years ago, even though in my head it feels like it was like yesterday. I think it was actually realistically probably about six years ago, I think. Or five? Yeah, it was um, – I'm trying to think when it was. It was probably like 2012. Yeah, so about six years. So yeah, about six years ago. It was a lot yeah. of fun. We had a good time. We stayed with your brother and ate good food. And uh, that church had that big event that we went to for a couple of days. <laughs> that yeah. with all the lights that I hated. <laughs> you did hate them. That was the beginning that- <laughs> of my transformation, I think though. So I really blame so? Yeah, I do well, because it was during that it was during that week ride like my perspective started to shift on things like that a little bit. So I really blame that church for ruining my life. Yeah, so that was actually a really good segue, Tim, into <laughs> what we were going to talk about today. Listen, listen. Sometimes things just happen, and that was unrehearsed and not prepared, and yet here we are. <laughs> Segway. We here are so we are. professional. So it came up, what, a few days ago, of course, because of a Babylon Bee article. Classic. Um, something about uh, flashy lights in church, and the article was making a joke about finding them in an archaeological dig of the original church. Sermon, Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, the Sermon on the Mount yeah. was originally used. I was so dying. I made a joke to Tim that he's trying to justify his newfound uh, showmanship within the church. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll get to that. But I have to give a little backstory from my point of view, and then I'll let you give the backstory from your point of view. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Help. That'll help uh, for the rest of this conversation. <laughs> but from my point of view, at least, Tim has always classically kind of been the guy who was very anti-showiness in church. Would, would that be a fair? Yes. Fair yes, I think yeah. it is fair to say. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely in, like, the young adult group that we were involved in and, like, just a lot of things that we talked about, church and all the church discussions we've had over the years kind of always came back to that, like, real simple, you know, Holy Spirit-led worship, kind of experience where it was just very genuine and organic. I think organic was a good word that we threw around a lot because we were young and hit back then. Remember? And ahead <laughs> of our time. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
so yeah, that's my perspective on kind of the backstory of this. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, well, do you want me to go all the way through? I was just going to give the backstory. No, I'll I, go all the way. Through yeah, I think you should. Well. You're okay. you're a good storyteller. Yeah. So now this was, you know, years ago. And like Tim said, there was this event that we went to at my brother's church in Kentucky, probably about six years ago. And it was a pretty big church, um, mega churchy. And they have the whole lights and the fog machines and everything going on. And the big, uh, you know, very professional sounding band and music and everything. And I mean, Tim being a musician, I'm sure always kind of resonated with the quality of something like that. But I think you kind of struggled with the balancing that with like your views on, you know, but this is so much of like, it's just a concert or it's just a show. Um, you know, fast forward a few years and Tim has been very heavily involved the last couple of years in an event in New Jersey called resonate and which is an awesome event. I don't have anything against resonate. <laughs> um, and, but you guys have been definitely getting bigger and I've seen some videos and stuff from you guys and it's definitely getting that, you know, you're getting that, uh, yep. the lights going and the fog machines and, um, the real, the showiness. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's been a little bit funny for me to see from a distance and not having really talked to you a whole lot about it in the past couple of years, but to kind of see your, uh, evolution and I can be very cynical and judgmental from a distance. So I want to hear what you have to say about it. Too. No, no, go ahead. Be cynical and judge me. I'm ready. I've been <laughs> well, my thought judgmental in my own mind. The thought I had earlier today was like, I want you, Tim, to prove to me that it's not just you were always just jealous of that. And now that you're in that, yes. you don't you care about it. Anymore. You know, honestly, That's I mean, cynical. That in the, to a degree, that could be very true. I mean, for all I know, okay. you know, sometimes you just don't know, like, how deep these rabbit holes in your mind really go. Also, on a side note, Jordan, I just found the church study notes from Emily from nice. like 7,000 years ago, all like 90 pages. <laughs> so quick backstory as well for our listeners. This had to be a long time ago. I mean, it has to be close to eight or nine years ago at this point. I would host like a Wednesday night just church discussion around like what is church and how are we doing it and, you know, what does it really mean? And that would transition into all kinds of things like simple questions that maybe aren't so simple like what is the actual gospel is it the whole bible or is, or is it just the death and resurrection of jesus and just things like that and listen looking back i'm not sure why why we were so passionate about this stuff but we were i think it was a god thing and you know uh, our good friend emily who's a like amazing note taker uh, sent me the notes years ago i just dug them up in my email and it's very cool to go th go through but anyway i bring that up because i think that I definitely in a lot of ways have kind of shifted um, and I don't really have like all the thoughts together, but it's funny you you brought up that, that kind of that joke and what made and what turned into really this podcast episode today because I have been considering how I realize that I've changed like some of my views and even that I, I haven't changed all of them, I think I almost just now don't know what to do with it. So, you know, what I've realized is I, I was really like what you said, Jordan, and I think a lot of us were kind of anti just show and you know and fake I think I think and I, I hate to use buzz, buzzwords all the time but at the time we were looking for very authentic like community and friendships and things that were just beyond a Sunday morning gathering and we were sure. really blessed and I know Rob was too he was part of it as well 
we were really fortunate and blessed to have like an amazing group called Eleventh Hour that was really that it was really that it was really genuine relationships to the point where you know the core group of those people I would still say are some of my closest friends you know even in my wedding most of those guys were from Eleventh Hour and I still talk to almost all of them and we do podcasts together you know like it's just kind of crazy how like how deep those bonds go so I think when I when we were in that when I was in that it was very easy. Um, to be like 21, not married, you know, not a lot of responsibility, a lot of time to hang out with people and pursue the Lord together and to discuss these things openly. And I think we all had a lot of tenacity and a lot of like, of like that almost like young man's blood of like, this is new, you know, we can change it kind of mentality. And I think in a lot of ways we did change a lot of ourselves and we changed a lot of things in, in places that, that we've all touched, you know, but I think that for me personally, my motives, I think, were as pure as I knew what they were back then. But I think looking back and as I reflect on some of my ways I handled myself, I think I was unintentionally just very like brash and probably came across, I would use the word a-hole here, but we don't curse in this podcast. <laughs> but I really did think, I, think, I, think I came across that way to people, like just kind of a jerk. And again, you know, looking, I have thought a lot about this. I know personally it was never meant to come across that way. That was never my intent. But I realized like in my outspokenness um, and just my passion really that it came across that way to a lot of people. And I think that I ended up losing a lot of people in the church that I was trying so desperately to change. And that kind of is what brings me to what we're talking about now. So, you know, I was a part of a church called 217 Church for a couple of years and you know, I remember having like this big, like just anti, like these lights, like anti lights, anti show mentality. And honestly, when I think about it now, I'm not sure what I was really trying to say. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not sure if it was really, really just about the lights, more maybe of like what they actually represented to me, which was like show sure. and like professional and programmed and, you know, rehearsed. Uh, for right. everything, not just for like, you know, a pastor preparing a sermon or a band knowing a song, but like the whole thing is like, you know, spontaneous isn't really spontaneous. You know, that's that's sure. what that kind of stuff said to me. And I remember trying to like change things and the way I tried was just terrible. Like I, the pastor who's honestly a great guy, I know he didn't like me at the time. And I, looking back, <laughs> I can't blame him. I wondered why then, <laughs> you know, because I was kind of ignorant, but um, I can't blame him now, you know, but I think without being too long-winded here, I've changed some of my perspectives because of a couple of things. Number one, you know, I had to think to myself, well, how do I get the results I'm hoping to see? Like, how do I change or, or be the change that I want to see, like, in the church, right? Because I think that you, me, and Rob can all agree that, like, that, and I'm sure a lot of other people as well who are listening to this can agree that, you know, church in America to a degree, I think has lost its way and really has become like a rock, like, you know, has, has taken a lot of, um, influence from culture and how we do these Sunday morning gatherings. And, uh, you know, I was, I was listening to Francis Chan's new book about letters to the church. And he was saying how, when he was in Asia, when he described how church is done in America, 
people in China literally started laughing. They thought that he was joking. Like they were like on their floor. He said literally on the floor rolling over in laughter of the idea that people go to a church where they just find a better preacher or the band is better and that they can, if they don't like the church, they just go somewhere else and that they just attend a Sunday morning and that's, and that's what they call church life. And like the people in China are like literally crying because they're like, are you serious? Like that's what they consider church. And I think his point's very valid, you know? So anyway, I say all that because, um, for me, what I've realized recently is that for me to be the change, I have to let people know that I love people, you know, first. And that even though I think the church has many, many problems and that we're missing, I think, a lot of healthy church practices, in order for me to be that change, I have to be in that world. And I have to be willing to be okay with things that maybe are not salvational issues, things that are not like, you know, core doctrine issues that people know my opinion on. And I have to be okay with that, you know, and it kind of is what it is. Like right now at my church, we have for Sunday mornings they don't do anything too crazy but they have a new lighting set up and now they have like the band on the screen and I made it pretty clear to my pastor that I hate that like I really don't like that the <laughs> idea of me being on a on a screen while people are worshiping for me takes away from the whole you know moment of worship right and I wrestled with that and I was talking to Sarah I'm like Sarah I'm like what you know what do we do like do we leave over this? Like that's in on that right. end, it kind of seems petty, but on the other end, like it it bugs me to know that like I'm on a screen during worship to God, and it shouldn't be about me or anyone on that stage, you know. So I've had to wrestle with that stuff, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. But I know that the Lord is using me at this church, and I, you know, me and a couple of the pastors really get along well, and I have their ear, and they have my ear, and I'm able to be open and honest about that kind of stuff, and they're willing to listen to me. So I think that that's a good start, you know what I mean? So. I think that's why I've kind of come around a little more full circle. However, with Resonate in particular, and this is my answer to you, Jordan, with Resonate, you know, I've realized that Resonate is not a church meeting. It's not a Sunday morning gathering. It's almost like a special just celebration of the church being together. And for things like that, I don't, for me personally, I don't have like a conviction against like using technology or lights or effects just to celebrate the goodness of God uniting his church together for a two hour worship night, you know? So I think for me, I kind of see Sunday morning as a little more sacred in a different way because it's institutionalized by God, but worship nights or nights where the church gets together to worship or celebrate or pray isn't so much of like an institutionalized, like from the beginning thing. So I think I have more flexibility in those nights. So in a way resonates almost my chance to let off some of my own personal steam, you know, like, Oh, I would love to do this. But then I kind of feel like maybe it's not appropriate for Sunday because as a musician and being one who's, you know, uh, just a skilled player, and I've, I've been doing it for a lot of a lot of years. I do wrestle back and forth with that musician side of like wanting excellence and wanting a well written set and like and well played, but also like, well, this is worship to Jesus, you know. Like ultimately, what matters is our, or what matters is people worshiping the Lord wholeheartedly. So I know it's a very long winded response, but I've been sitting on that for a long time because I've had to reconcile that with myself. You know, if like I have changed my view on that, you know, I am more comfortable yet still not really 100% comfortable, but for me to make change, I have to be okay to be in it. And I have to be able to let people know that I love them beyond like just my opinion on like using lights or not during a worship set. Yeah, that's so good. No, what, go what, I was, what I was thinking when you were talking about that is the experience of being a father, right? So I could follow around Elijah and Mackenzie all day. They're three and two and just yell at them all day. No, you can't do that. No, don't talk to mommy that way. No, you can't pick up that. Don't touch the curtains. Don't play with the controllers. And I could yell and scream and be angry at them and tell them they're 
doing life wrong all day. Right. That's not going to do a single thing about teaching them how to be a human, how to be a child, how to respond in social situations. It's going to do them a disservice because they're going to think, oh, that's how I should act when something doesn't isn't right. I should act like my dad does. And I think that applies to how we should go about, I think, discipling and challenging and sharpening and encouraging one another is we should do it in a very loving way. Um, I, I was reading uh, this article about parenthood and it was just saying, you know, if, a, if your child spills a glass of milk, they're learning through you how to react to that situation. It's going to take you five minutes to clean up that spilled milk, but it's going to take them a lifetime to get over the fact that you yelled and screamed and were so upset. Instead of taking that opportunity, hey, buddy, it's okay. We all make mistakes. It's not a big deal. We can we can clean this up together. Why don't you grab that rag and help me through it? And such a teachable moment that could go one of two ways. I definitely think in your earlier years, and I think all of us to some extent, in our earlier years, had too much of the, we find this abrasive, so let's get rid of everything. Where that's not really what we wanted. We were just so sick of seeing the inauthenticness of a show or seeing something that doesn't line up with scripture 100% or whatever the case is. We were just sick of seeing it all the time. And so we went too far in one direction or another. Where I think now what we're learning as we get older, we mature, we have a better relationship even with God ourselves, is we're learning, you know what, that's not the way that God deals with me. So why should I deal that way with other people? Yeah, yeah. I think you're 100% right on that. Um, because you're right, there's been moments where I'm like, wow, I've been doing this for years. The Lord has never really convicted me till now, yet he's been so patient. You know what I mean? And Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right on the money with that mentality and it's been tough because I you know I don't know how you guys are but I feel like I'm almost like like crazy in my head sometimes going back and forth like in one minute I'm like man I'm so I, I understand it. I see it I I'm okay with like this whatever you know with, with having lights during a worship set the next minute I'm like no it's totally wrong like am I wrong like is this right is this wrong like what does this mean you know like, I'm, I'm like nuts in my head sometimes <laughs> just like going back and forth but I have to remember that like I have to come back to the core of like, is this a salvational issue? You know, and the the, the answer is no. And what, what really, the questions I need to be asking almost need to be deeper than that. You know, like, hey, like, do the people on my, on the team that I play with, do they really know Jesus? Are we spending time with Jesus outside of the Sunday morning? You know, are we pressing into him when no one's looking, when, when we're not posting on Instagram? Very similar, Jordan, to what that church in that, you know, uh, that we were a part of in Kentucky for that week that we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier, they were very big on that. Like, do you know Jesus? And that re- honestly mm-hmm. really did always suck with me of like, yeah, that's a great question to ask because their focus, Rob, was people who were church their whole life and like asking them, asking them, do you really know Jesus though? Like you can, and their point was you can be in church, you can do great things, you can play great music, music you, you can do whatever and still not know Jesus. And so I, I almost feel like what you're saying, Rob, you know, as I've gotten older and a little, a little more wiser, not much, but a little bit, you know, and learn how to hold my tongue and maybe think through things and not be so emotionally charged in my response, I've learned, like, you know, like, what what am I really trying to get to? And for me, it's, 
do people really know and live and walk with Jesus even outside Sunday morning? And if they do and the overflow is them coming together, they have some lights set up and they're worshiping their heads off and they're listening to a great word and the gospel is being preached and people are being changed permanently, then I, what, 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 what am I going to do? You know, like if people are coming to know Christ and yeah, their Sunday morning is a little too flashy for me, but they have a real relationship with Jesus and they're growing outside of this and on top of that, what, how can I possibly say, no, this is wrong? You know what I mean? It, it makes no sense. Yeah, I think that's what it came back to. Even when we were at that retreat thing was kind of like, well, Tim, I mean, you might not like the style of this uh, completely or agree with that with it in this context. But, you know, can you argue with the results? And not that <clears throat> people coming to know Jesus is necessarily directly <laughs> the result of this flashy show. Right. You know? definitely not it's you know gee, the holy spirit working in their lives but you know in that context you can still have that and i think it's cool just to kind of like reminisce about these things and kind of these places we've been and um because i think all of it's really been important for us to kind of shape who we are today and and even in those moments of you know passionate outburst against something that you thought was wrong or or could be done better, or whatever it was. Um, just even having that uh, much passion and feeling that strongly about something has helped to shape who you are. Um, and now that you're older and more mature, and can have you know a better response and a better discipleship attitude towards the people around you, I feel like it's a really good uh, combination of just like you know who you are and what you believe. Um, and what's important, and you're also able to communicate that effectively in love to the people around you. Thanks for checking out the Coffee Theology in Jesus podcast. You can always drop us a line on Facebook or through our email, podcast at coffeetheologyandjesus.com, as we love to hear from our listeners. Until next time, drink coffee, discuss theology, and love Jesus. But where's the water? What's your plan?